and welcome to Futures Focus, a fantasy baseball podcast centering around all the top prospects in the game, brought to you by Prospects 1500. My name is Alex Sanchez, and joining me today is Nate Eckert. Nate, thanks for coming on. We have a smorgasbord of greatness to talk today. We actually are finished with our divisional looks at the top 50 prospects. So if you missed any of those episodes and you need to know about the NL Central, the AL West, or whatever it was, make sure you go back into whatever platform you're listening to this on and scroll through those. We also had a very special top 199 episode that you should check out as well. Those are always really, really popular. So please uh, don't stop listening to this, but when you are done, feel free to maybe check out those episodes later. However, today we got kind of back to the normally scheduled programming, Nate. We're going to talk about three items here on the docket. Number one, we wanted to give you a couple of first-year player names to target. Now, we understand the drafts are a little bit later, uh, or the drafts are probably over at this point. Some of you may still be going on to those, but I still think that there's some names. We're not going to give you the obvious you know, first four or five picks you should have, but guys that are maybe a little bit later that perhaps didn't get drafted that have gained some helium here and you should target perhaps in trades and something like that. And if your draft is coming, something to take a look out for. We're also going to go over some prospects that could actually help you in redraft leagues. I know we usually focused on dynasty leagues, but we're going to go ahead and give you some guys that may help you out in redraft leagues. And obviously we'll help you out in dynasty leagues too, because we anticipate they're going to get some playing time. And Nate and I are going to go over some of our favorite guys that will not only get the playing time, but hopefully perform admirably as well. And we needed to to talk about the prospects in the WBC, the World Baseball Classic, which is happening right now. If you've missed some of those games, let's start with that really quick. Nate, did you enjoy any of the games? Have you taken them? I had to watch it on Tubi the other day to see Czechoslovakia or Czech Republic, I should say. That's how old I am. Czechoslovakia. Czech Republic. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the Czech Republic. I had to download this Tubi app from Fox, uh-huh. which is crazy. Yeah. But uh, have you have you caught any games? Uh, what do you I've think? I've only all, honestly all I've watched are the spring training games thus far. I haven't watched any countries uh, versus each other. Um, but I'm I'm with you. I, I'm not exactly sure where we're supposed to find it. But I guess Tubi is uh, <laughs> is is a dependable one, huh? Yeah, that was uh, the China-Czech Republic game. Those Czech Republic players are really cool. Um, Eric Sogard was on the Czech Republic team. I didn't actually realize that, but he's on there. And a bunch of other, like, dentists and accountants and stuff. They're they're really fun. That's wild. Yeah, it's really crazy. Uh, The the favorites to win it all, obviously. I mean, Japan's probably a favorite, but the, the Dominican, Venezuela, them. United States are squaring mm-hmm. off on Saturday, so uh, oh, okay. that'll be fun. Those will be we'll, – we'll have some real baseball. It does feel like real baseball, and I think it is worth talking about some of those prospects because they're not only fighting for a job, perhaps, but also for their country and in games that there is a lot of pressure. I mean, I don't want to sell these games short or oversell them, but there's emotion going on that you don't see in spring training games, right? If, if somebody hits a go-ahead double in the eighth inning – you know, they're, they're not celebrating, but you can see the emotion in some of those teams. It's fun. It's a good, uh, good way to bring in the baseball season, if nothing else. Yeah, absolutely. So with that being said, that's on the agenda. Let's go ahead and jump right into 
our first-year player draft uh, targets. These are guys that, again, you know, if your draft has already taken place, a lot of us are, you know, we're not in those 70, 80 minor league spots. Um, we're in, you know, where three rounds maybe you have. I, I, I'm, most of mine are four-round drafts. So um, a couple of these guys will mention I can go pick up right now in my leagues, which means a lot of you can go pick up them in your leagues as well. And what I find is that a lot of these guys are really cheap, right? Because we have not seen anything that we could base a lot off of in terms of the professional level. So unless people were following them very closely in college or high school, which is unlikely, um, nobody's married to these prospects, minus, of course, your Drew Jones, your Jackson Holidays, and and those guys. But after the, you know, 9, 10, top 9, 10 guys, I think you can acquire these guys relatively cheaply. So uh, I'll let you have the floor here, Nate. Give me one of your guys. We'll start off at the top, and then we'll move our way down to guys that probably you can go pick up or undrafted right now. So who do you got that you like? Maybe you can find the back end of a first round. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I got Gavin Cross. That's my uh, that's my top tier guy. Um, I, I love this kid. He uh, he played for Virginia Tech. Um, he was he had such a good year in 2021 that he made the All ACC first team. Um, I, I'm sure a lot of our listeners know, but he's a, uh, a his hit tool is very natural. Uh, I like the comp with like uh, Colton Cowser. In fact, uh, in my draft, I took Cross just just to have Cowser and Cross together at some point in time in that outfield together. I like I just really love that combination. Um, he's a he's a solid overall player. Uh, he's really close to a five tool guy. Uh, I don't know it, that he's exceptional in the field, but um, he he's not he's definitely he's good. But I don't I don't know that he's uh, he's he's exceptional, but he does have a good bit of speed. His scouting report is solid across the board. Uh, the hit tools, 55 powers, 55 runs, 55 and then arm and field are both 50s. But um, he's already tasted uh, single A. Let's see here. Yeah. Rookie rookie ball and single A um, last year. And. He had 109 at bats. I mean, that's not exactly the you know a gigantic sample size, but it gives you a nice little taste of of the type of hitter and the type of player that Cross is. He hit 321 across both levels, had a 437 on base percentage, a 633 slugging percentage. Of course, that adds up to a 1070 OPS. Um, 24 runs. Let's see here. Uh, eight bombs, <laughs> two triples, seven doubles, 25 ribs. So he had 25. He had 24 runs scored and 25 ribs with only. Let's see here. 30. Here's. I'm the math whiz here. 33 minus uh, 24. Is that nine? Only nine more strikeouts than walks. It's a walk to strikeout ratio 24 to 33. And he had four steals in 109 at bats 29 games so uh you put that across an entire season now granted this was this was rookie and low a but you put that across an entire season and you've got a very productive outfielder and gavin cross i think he's 
I don't think safe is the right word because I still think that there's going to be, uh, I think both his hit tool and his power tool will both uh, increase um, as time goes on. And, uh, and who knows, maybe his speed sticks, sticks around as well. Now with Gavin Cross, one of the great things that comes with that, obviously the stats you mentioned are fantastic for a debut, but the Royals don't have a lot of outfield prospects besides him. Um, mm -hmm. And the major league roster with Nate Eaton, Kyle Isbell, Edward mm -hmm. Olivares, uh, mm -hmm. Samad Taylor, mm -hmm. that's about it, you know? So, mm -hmm. I mean, perhaps some of those infielders can move the outfield for sure, but the outfield is definitely open. So mm -hmm. there is not a lot of names to cross off the list. Right, and he could, he awesome. could, <laughs> but um, uh, and he could. You're right, Alex, for one, and he could fly. You know, as long as he keeps this up, which you know, for all intents and purposes, he could fly through those levels, and you know, we could see him pretty quickly. So, you know, if you, when you're drafting in the first round or at the bottom of the first round, you can, you kind of have to make an. Uh, an assumption of what your team is going to be looking at for, you know, do you need somebody in the next year or two? Then, yeah, I think cross is your guy, but if you can wait on a high schooler or perhaps there, you know, you can, you can, uh, you're probably not looking for a guy like cross, but I think he's going to be good enough to where uh, no matter what, you're going to be pleased with him because when I was at this position in our draft, um, I was just going for best player available, and I thought that was cross. And I was at ten. Yeah, that's. Uh, I I don't know if ten is. Uh, you know, I've seen him go a lot earlier than that as well. So definitely a, a great call there. Uh, another guy that's really on the fringe uh, for the first round slash second round. I've gotten him on in the second round almost everywhere, um, which has been almost every league that I've been in because I don't know how he, he gets that far. The thing is, I, I'm kind of hesitating because I know I'm the anti-catcher guy, but uh, there's just something about Dalton rushing that I'm attracted to um, very highly to. Actually, there's a couple things. Let me mention them. Number one, he was the 40 overall, and I know as a Dodger uh, correspondent, that this really must tickle your fancy, but as the yeah. 40, 40th... Oh, one second, one second, uh, everyone. I just want to inform everyone that uh, Alex and I are in the same uh, dynasty league and he had a pick before mine and he decided to take good old Dalton rushing right before I took Gavin cross. So who knows if I would have taken cross because if rushing was still on the board, I definitely would have went that in that direction. Yeah. That's an interesting dilemma for, uh, for people that may be listening to this because Dalton rushing has a lot to like for, okay. So the 40th overall pick and you're probably wondering, okay, well, 40, 40th overall pick, why are you so high on this guy? But the thing is, you didn't know about him because he had to play behind Henry Davis, who was the number one overall pick in Louisville. And it's tough to overcome somebody like that, especially when they're your elder, you're at a school um, that's trying to compete. So he didn't get a lot of playing time. When he did get some playing time after Henry Davis was drafted, we got to see some really good things. The problem was the sample size was short. It was just one year. However, with that in combination with the fact that he hit 424 in low A Rancho Cucamonga with eight home runs mm -hmm. and 30 RBIs with a 21 strikeout, 21 walk ratio. That's one to one for all of you math whiz. My math is <laughs> easier here with Dalton rushing. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it gives you something to chase. I, I'm not sure he's a guarantee, and I don't know if he's sticking at catcher, to be honest. But the fact is, he's had a crazy debut, and he might have learned a few things behind Henry Davis and might have been the better catcher than Henry Davis. I mean, I ranked him ahead of Hen- Henry Davis in our rankings um, because Henry Davis didn't make my top 100 and Dalton Rushing did. So somebody that I feel is a first-round talent that you could probably get in the second round in a lot of leagues as long as you don't have a crazy Dodger fan like Nate there. <laughs> but um, I find that, you know, once, once like Brooks Lee and Nato and Collier are out, and I'm left there with like Chase DeLauder, Drew Gilbert, Gavin Cross, Spencer Jones, Jacob Berry – and Dalton Rushing, Jet Williams, like that range, I'm more excited for Dalton Rushing than any of those guys. Mm-hmm. So just kind of puts you out, especially DeLauder had the injury now. Um, so I think you're getting a nice first-round talent in that range of players. But um, anyway, before we move on, let's go ahead and take a moment to mention our sponsor for this episode, Fantrax. Fantrax is a fantastic source for all of your dynasty leagues, whether it be baseball which of course you're probably into but they have so many other ways to play fantasy whether it be nascar or golf or anything like i've said in the past i'm in a four sport dynasty league it's crazy the things that we're able to do so seamlessly and the one that um, i always get really impressed with when it comes to fan tracks is the contracts uh we you know my buddy has a very complicated contract system with multipliers and who gets drafted in first year player drafts and who gets picked up. And it keeps track of all of that. We don't have an Excel sheet or anything. It just is happening in Fantrax. I don't know how it happened that way, but that just shows you how powerful of a tool Fantrax can be. So import your leagues from those other competitors and come on over to Fantrax. And if you do start a new league, make sure that you go to Fantrax.com slash prospects 1500 to enter in for the prize for this month, which is a trip for you and your league mates to any major league game. So no matter the size of your league, everybody gets to go to the game of your choice. So make sure you sign up completely free. And as many times as you sign up, you are entered. So that is Fantrax.com slash prospects 1500. All right, Nate, let's go down a little bit lower because again, when you have that first round pick, Everybody knows those guys at this point, especially if you're playing in dynasty leagues. But are who are some guys that maybe in that second to third round that you might be able to snag that you're very excited about? Give me one for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going with Justin Crawford. He's uh, was taken from the high school ranks um, by the Phillies in the first round. Um, he is indeed uh, Carl Crawford's son. Uh, so, you know, he's got that going for him. Remember Carl Crawford back in the day, he was the first overall pick for like a year or two, or at least, you know, in the top three, um, he, uh, he's a lefty, just like his pops was, um, plays in the outfield, just like his dad did, um, really athletic, just like his dad was. And I was able to take Crawford, uh, let's see here at the latter, the latter half of the second round in my league. So this was a guy that was um, in, in our draft 20, 22nd overall. And I, I like this kid's upside uh, probably more than I like crosses, to be honest. Um, 
he, I know he's being slept on quite a bit um, just because other than he being his, his father's son, there just wasn't a whole lot of uh, uh, hype surrounding him before the draft and, and especially now. Um, he's only 19. Uh, he, he turns 20 in next January, so he's still very young. Uh, he was taken 17th overall in the first round by the Phils, 6'3", 175. And I think I've mentioned this before, but uh, when I was at the draft this year, I met uh, his dad first, and then uh, he introduced me to his son right after he had been drafted. And um, I'm a pretty tall guy. I'm 6'5". And uh, Crawford, they have him listed at 6'3", 175. I wouldn't be surprised if he was already 6'4 and on his way, perhaps 6'5. And I don't know how he's 175 pounds. I'd say more like 185, perhaps 190. But the kid, he he, he just has this poise about him. And I have this theory about uh, X ball players kids having this extra like sixth sense about them because they grew up in a major league facility on the field always at the stadium etc and i think that crawford is going to fall right into that same exact tier um looking at his scouting grades he's already got he's a hit first uh he's a hit first outfielder with incredible speed he's got a 70 grade run grade uh 55 hit tool they have him at only 40 for power but again with his size and you remember his dad would get into about 20 25 in his prime uh when i have a feeling that when his frame fills out that tall frame of his does fill out um, I don't think he'll lose a lot of the speed i think he'll only gain pop and for as long as i can remember uh, I've been doing fantasy baseball. I tell people all the time, if the hit tool's there, the power will come, you know, just trust in the power. And he's probably more close to a five tool, in my opinion, Dan Cross, um, just because of his speed and his ability in outfield. He's uh, 55 on his arm rank and 60 in the field. So just like his dad, he was all, he's all over the place in the outfield. And I'm just a huge proponent of Justin Crawford. I I could be wrong. I don't think I am. But um, there's a it, it's a weird thing when you meet someone in person, and get to shake their hand, and and look them in the eye. You just kind of see it sometimes, and um, that's a lot of my reasoning behind this. But it also, his athleticism and his hit tool are are very very impressive the philly philly thought so too so yeah yeah i like the stability you get with a second rounder in justin crawford which is probably where you have to take him at this point with the major league uh background and we mean we're taking drew jones and jackson holiday first and second so crawford yep. kind of slips be- below those guys obviously but potentially could be up there with him as he grows so very nice pick there. I'm moving on to a Padres guy. I don't think that we've talked about him uh, enough as we need to, especially when we did the NL West, and that is Ethan Salas, a 16-year-old catcher that was signed just this last offseason 
or, or this last signing period to a $5.6 million contract. And now you don't need to follow the money all the time, but in this case, it's quite interesting because it was nearly all of the money that the Padres had to sign international prospects. And we've only seen that done a couple of times with Jason Dominguez being the other infamous one where the Yankees kind of went all in. So the Padres going all in, and this is an organization that knows international prospects really, really well, having signed Victor Acosta, Samuel Zavala, and Daniel Montesino, among others. So they know what they're doing, and it does bode well to sort of trust that front office. Now, you have a 16-year-old, by the way, getting all of this. Uh, He's not going to be a switch hitter. If you kind of look on some of his pages around, you'll see switch hitter, but he's going to bat lefty. But the amount of competition that he's faced as a 16-year-old is the thing that really gets you excited about him. And the fact that he was invited to the major league camp for the Padres. I mean, that is unheard of. So I could see the Padres (laughs) just just pushing him through this system and uh, until he kind of stops them, right? And if he struggles or something like that, but no need to hold back on this kid uh, that has the makings of, I don't know if he's the best like fantasy type of catcher, like a, you know, he's not going to steal bases or anything like that, but he is going to potentially be one of the best catching prospects in the, in the upcoming years. You just have to wait a long, long time. That's the only problem with Ethan Salas. So if your dynasty league is not looking good for the next couple of years, maybe don't draft him. But if you are in for the long game, especially teams that are very competitive and have that back of the first round pick and your your roster set, for the next couple of years, go ahead and take a chance on Ethan Salas. Um, you won't regret it. All right, let's go ahead and move on. Let's go to some of the more under the radar type of guys. So give me two guys that you came up with here on your list, Nate, and then uh, if you could talk quickly about them and then we'll move on. Yeah, sure. I uh, I took, uh, he's a pitcher in the pirate system. He's only 18 from the international signings, uh, the j 50 the J-15 signings. His name's Jun Seok Shim uh, from South Korea. He's only 18. He's 6'4", 215 at 18. Uh, his scouting grades are impeccable. He throws uh, a fastball that has plenty of heft and rise uh, with a lot of spin. He already can hit triple digits, um, which is just nuts. And uh, he has the ability to really spin the ball uh, really well as well. He, uh, he has really high spin rates. I watched a lot of tape on him before I took him in the third round or yeah, in the third round. And uh, I was blown away by the polish that this kid has already. He just looks like your stereotypical, just ace horse. And uh, being in the pirate system, a lot of the scouts have comped his fastball to one Garrett Cole, which you can't really get much better on a fastball comp than Garrett Cole, at least not in the, not in the pirate system. So um, I hope the pirates don't screw him up too much, but I think under the, the new management, I think he'll be okay. But uh, again, he's 18. There's a long way to go. But if you want to take a flyer on somebody who who looks incredible on tape, just give him the eye test. Uh, Jean Siak Shim is your man. 
And then uh, last but not least, I took um, Joe Henry Vargas in the fifth round, I believe. Uh, he is the third overall ranked international prospect, according to MLB.com. Uh, the Dodgers took him uh, not to, yeah, it was signed on that day, January 15th this year. Uh, Vargas fits into the mold of the latest trend of uh, crazy talented, crazy tall, <laughs> crazy um, five-tooled uh, shortstops like uh, O'Neill Cruz Jr. and uh, Ellie De La Cruz uh, and, then, and Joe Henry Vargas. He's only 17, doesn't turn 18 until November, so that's a ways away. He's already 6'4", 175. You know, that's going to fill out, so who knows if he sticks at short. But uh, he's, already, he's, already being, um, he's already being tagged as arguably the best hitting prospect in the uh, international class. And... Being signed with the Dodgers is uh, is a great it's a great system to be in, especially now with their international classes of the of the past three to four years specifically, especially just the last couple of years. The Dodgers have been picking up a ton of studs. So um, this kid looks like he has uh, all the talent in the world: the 55 hit tool, 50 power. 50 runs, so he doesn't have that crazy speed that Cruz and um, De La Cruz have, but uh, 60 arm and a 55 field. So, and that's just as is like right now. He his approach is pretty good, and um, he has a way to go. But again, for a flyer for that system and for his talent, I think Joe Henry Joe Henry Vargas is is a good pick. Um, or a pickup um, off the off the wire. Yeah, and then John Suk Shim was the other pitcher you were talking about. Uh, in case somebody kind of came in and missed that, uh, six foot four, two hundred and fifteen as an eighteen year old for Shim. I like mm-hmm. him a lot. You you don't see prospects like that from Korea this high on a, a international signing list mm-hmm. very often. So he's very very intriguing and Joe Hendry. Obviously, pretty well known if you're into the international market. Those are risky for sure, but still uh, two names to <laughs> definitely keep an eye on. I'll give you two more names here. Um, these are stateside guys. Um, Xavier, Xavier Isaac from the Tampa Bay Rays. Okay, so if I mentioned some reasoning for Dalton rushing, um, this is sort of outside the box thinking as well when it comes to analyzing these potential prospects for you, is that the Rays gave him... 29th overall full slot money, uh, so the 29th overall pick, when he had a fractured foot and was pretty much unable to play in anything uh, meaningful for scouts. So the Rays, if the Rays believe in you and you're a first baseman, you know, first baseman only, then they see something in you, okay? The Rays are not wasting that pick. That That's how the Rays have made a living for the last decade, is hitting on these picks in the draft, so... Bodes well to probably trust them, and you're getting a, a, a crazy uh, teenager. I mean, <laughs> six foot four, over 200 pounds, probably closer to 250 than he is to 200. He's just mammoth, 
and he hits the ball really, really hard. He sort of reminds me of a James Wood now. Take out the athleticism that James Wood has with the stolen bases and the the freak ceiling that James Wood has. But the overall, I like James Wood because he had the body already as an 18-year-old. He didn't have to project anything. So that's what I like about Xavier Isaac. You don't have to project. You got a middle-of-the-order producer. He's going to hit, hit, and hit. That's a, that's what you're signing up for. Um, and then the next name was Judd Fabian, who I'm a little surprised. Like It seems like people are forgetting about him. If we go back to 2022, he was definitely one of the top names when it came to, try to trying to figure out that June draft. Didn't have a, a huge season, and obviously his stock fell. He's the 67th overall pick from the Orioles. But fantasy-wise, this guy can provide you both power and speed from the outfield position. And again, going back to this, like we have so little information on these guys compared to like the actual major league teams that it probably is a smart decision to look at the organization that we're talking about. You went with a Dodger. You went with... a a pirate, which is a bad example, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I went with, you know, I went with the, the Rays, which I just mentioned, and then the Orioles, which have been pr- producing quality hitting prospects now. I mean, just look at the the top 100. It's littered with Orioles hitting prospects. So why can't Judd Fabian be that next wave? Um, if, you know, whatever they're telling those guys down there, it's working. They're turning these Connor Norbys and these Colton Cowsers and these Kobe Mayos into top 100 prospects like it's nothing and and those guys were not top 100 prospects drafted out of college and so Judd Fabian I'm willing to take a bank on uh, a bet on even with that last you know fourth round fifth round pick you can get him uh, he does have some name recognition too so you got to be careful with that if you're really convinced with what I'm saying people do recognize the name so you have to be careful about that and then the last guy I wanted to mention and then we'll go ahead and take a break we've talked about him a ton so I don't need to talk about it in any further detail but ben joyce from the angels the more i'm thinking about it the more i'm convinced that everybody is missing him um, when it comes to these drafts especially if you're in a league that counts saves saves are so expensive do you really want to shell out two top 100 prospects for you know felix bautista or uh i don't know will smith if he gets the closing closing job or whatever like those type of guys or do you want to get somebody that you can bring up and for essentially free and just look at the angels bullpen and then watch ben joyce pitch and then you'll make the same conclusion that i'm coming to so draft ben joyce or go pick him up because he's available nearly everywhere um so yeah nate did you have another player or was that everybody that we wanted to go over well i got ahead i got a little bit ahead of myself i could i i also would like to mention sal stewart now he is higher on the list than um than joe henry vargas um and probably uh uh shim uh i'll just talk about him really quick uh third baseman from a, a really great system just like we were mentioning um with the Reds who have been pumping out uh, their, their system as of just this last year. I mean, it's arguably the best in baseball. Um, he's a prototypical big bodied third baseman, 6'3", 215. Uh, he's only 19, doesn't turn 20 until December. And he, um, uh, he's a monster, just, <laughs> Pretty pretty plain to say. They only have 55 graded uh, power for him 
in uh, MLB.com, but I don't buy that. I'm saying at least 60. Uh, as long as he can hit the ball well enough, uh, I think he'll be just fine. Um, he had a 393 uh, on base percentage. Granted, it was rookie ball, and granted, it was only 24 at bats, but you know, what else are we going to go on? Um, he, uh, he's just a big, big bodied third baseman that it's worth a flyer. Why not? You know, if you're getting down into the fourth round or whatever, um, he was a Vandy commit. And since he was able to sign him away from that also, that's another thing I like to look at are the commitments and, uh, and whether or not they sign. So, um, he was a first rounder since he picked him this year. Uh, it was the compensation round, 32nd overall. So uh, I like Sal Stewart. Um, I think he's worth uh, a flyer. Yeah, I like Sal Stewart a lot. Um, you know, don't be afraid to jump on these guys. Uh, it's hard to pick them up for guys that, you know, with a 22-year-old that's in AAA or whatever, and then, oh, I need to go get Judd Fabian, or even if we go lower, like, you know, I – Cutter Coffee, we talked about um, maybe before the, the podcast to talk about mm-hmm. Adam Mazur and Robbie Snelling from the Padres organization. Like, I can't recommend them over a guy that's more established, but what you want to do is keep very close tabs on some of these names um, when the regular season starts mm-hmm. and don't be afraid to jump on them, right? Because that's how you can get those Kobe Mayos and those Connor Norbys of the world, because those guys, or even Volpe is another good example where he was mm-hmm. not highly sought after, but if you jumped on him, Ned York, uh, Nick York, another one where you jumped on him too late and boom. And um, so don't be afraid to follow these guys closely. Um, interesting list this year. Uh, we apologize for not getting it out sooner. I know most of your drafts are done, but hopefully we gave you a couple of names that you could go after or that you could keep tabs on as well, or maybe go trade for. No no sense. Maybe, you know, somebody was picking at number 10 and was very upset that, uh, you know, Parada went before, and now they had to settle for Gavin Cross, and so you can go get that. <laughs> All right, that'll do it. We'll go ahead and take a short break, and after we get back from that, we will talk about prospects that can help you out in 2023 this year, maybe even do some uh, – friendly wager here i didn't talk to you about that name but we're gonna maybe do, some uh, betting. Uh, uh, maybe we'll do something like that so okay uh, let's do we're it. gonna take a break and we'll be right back and we're back nate eckert joining me alex sanchez your host here as we go ahead and discuss some of the prospects that are going to help you out in 2023. So we obviously have a big dynasty following and most of you probably listening to this have a dynasty league or more, (laughs) one or more. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. However, I'm willing to wager that you probably have some redraft leagues that are taking place now and and going on for a draft. I have or keeper leagues. I think that's another one that maybe we don't talk Mm -hmm. about enough here. where like, you get to keep, uh, 12 keepers or whatever and you know are you going to keep one of these prospects or not for 2023 mm-hmm. you know that's a big decision because you might have to suffer with lack of production for three to four months but to get a keeper down the line so um 
let's go ahead and talk about a few of these names that are no-brainers. Like these are guys that have starting positions that are are going to be starting from day one. So tell me if you disagree with any of these names that are going to be starting from day one, Nate. And mm-hmm. if I forget anybody to to mention somebody. And then we'll talk about sort of like where would you take them in redrafts or keeper leagues or stuff like that. Sure. Um, so Corbin Carroll, Gunnar Henderson, those are the two obvious choices. Uh, they're they're starting day one. Now, after that, it's not like 100%. I think there's two that are 100%. And then there's a couple that are like 99%. And I would say Josh Young and Tristan Cassis are 99% starting day one and, and probably have a long leash. I think Young has a long leash for sure. And probably Cassis uh-huh. too. I mean, who's Boston replacing him with? Um, <laughs> and then Tovar in Colorado. Ezekiel Tovar is starting day one, in my opinion, as well. And there's a couple other guys too. Like I know in Dodgerland, Miguel Vargas is probably starting now day one with uh-huh. Gavin Lux's injury. And uh-huh. Garrett Mitchell has been having a fantastic spring. Jordan Wall. He might have a chance to start. That's, you know, that's a little riskier. But uh, Oscar Colas, I think, is probably starting day one as well. James Outman is a guy, again, from the Dodgers. Will Brennan. Mm-hmm. These are all names that, that have a great chance of starting day one. Volpe, Peraza, one of those is starting. I don't know mm-hmm. exactly who yet. Um, and uh, so those are the top ones. So um, we don't need to talk about Corbin Carroll, Gunnar Henderson, uh, well, let's actually let's let's talk about them. Let's start there. I think that's interesting sure. um, because like people last year were going really really excited for Bobby Witt. They would take him, you know, second round or something like that. Did he end up being a second round player? I mean, close. Um, depends on what type of league you were at, I suppose for sure. But um, let me give you a couple of names here. And let me uh, see who you would take Carol over. All right. So you're on the clock right now. And mm-hmm. basically what's left for outfielders is Corbin Carroll or Cedric Mullins. Who are you taking? Ooh. Go on, Carroll. Okay. What about Corbin Carroll or uh, Eloy Jimenez, outfield eligible? Again, Carroll. Carroll. What about Carroll or would you jump him ahead of Juan Soto? <laughs> no, I'd take Soto. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that's to me like maybe the fifth or sixth outfielder off the board um, for Carroll. I think I'd probably take Mullins over Carroll in a redraft, in a redraft league. Now mm-hmm. we're talking mm-hmm. keeper dynasty. It's obviously Carroll. Hopefully I don't have to say that every time, but I'm <laughs> saying like for 2023, who's going to give you more value? I do think that uh, Cedric Mullins probably gives you more power than Corbin Carroll but Corbin Carroll is going to be fun to have <laughs> and uh, so that's interesting okay let's go to Gunnar Henderson mm-hmm. this, this is a little bit more difficult I don't know if I'm as bullish on Gunnar Henderson for this year and probably for the future I, I don't see superstar I know a lot of people do obviously he's the number one in loads of places um, so let's see what you would do uh, here's a great one Gunnar Henderson or Wander Franco for 2023? Ooh, ooh, <laughs> ooh. Just, oh, man, just 2023. Uh, uh, for beyond, too, actually. Yeah. Oh, man, that that is like, 
<laughs> right down the middle for me because I, I am a big Gunnar Henderson right. guy right. and I never really was that big on Franco. Um, mm. But the talent obviously is immense. I, I'll go with my gut and say Gunnar. Okay. I'll, I'll take Franco and we'll see. Uh, I would take Franco for this year and for the beyond. Okay. I still believe in, I think you're getting, I think Franco is being severely underrated. But yeah, I, again, I do too. I do too. That'll be our first uh, wager. We'll put that on the board. We'll come back to this. Alrighty. Alrighty. Um, we, we'll do a predictions episode too, but uh, this will be on the board. Wander versus Gunner. Let me go a little bit lower than Wander. Let's do, uh, let's try to stick to third base, I guess, because Gunner's probably staying at third base. What about Alex Bregman or uh, Gunner Henderson for 2023 only? Oh, really? Bregman? Oh, I don't know that I can own him an entire year. Only being a Dodger fan. Jeez. Uh, if I'm playing with my head, not my heart, I'm still going with Bregman. Bregman. What about Nolan Arenado? Arenado. Yeah. Okay, cool. So definitely one of the top third basemans for you. There isn't, you know, I think... Riley, Devers, Jose Ramirez, um, Bobby Witt, Machado in the tier of their own. And then probably mm-hmm. Nolan is in that tier too. So, mm-hmm. all right. So uh, those other names that I mentioned earlier, let's, let's start with New York. Who do you think is winning that job outright? That shortstop Vol- job. Volpe. You do. Okay. I do. Yeah. I think New York is looking for the next, uh, Jeter and Volpe has got that written all over him or at least the Yankees fans believe it and I'm pretty sure the front office does too because like you said Volpe wasn't that highly sought after I mean he was taken in the second round I think in the draft uh, but it, it may be the first during the compensation round or something like that but even after his draft I mean the he, he wasn't really all over all the, the all the different publications out there until he had that breakout and then everybody was on him me included i love volpe personally mm-hmm. so what do you think he's capable of this year though uh, i don't think he's ready like if he wins a job out of spring training uh-huh. like, the yankees are, are you know i don't know i feel like they they'll do what they think everybody wants them to do in a right sense. right so mm-hmm. What do you think he's capable of doing his first year? I'd say 265, 23 home runs, um, maybe 80 ribs, 90 runs scored, and 20 steals. That's Bobby Witt, basically. Yeah, basically. You mentioned Bobby Witt. Yeah, I was assuming you you take Wit over Volpe if you got oh, yeah. word that okay. So what about yeah. um the the other guy that we're gonna mention Ezekiel Tovar for 2023? Mm-hmm. Who do you think has better fantasy potential? Oh Tovar for sure. Oh really Tovar? Yeah okay. yeah 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 definitely. Like okay, I, mean, I must be missing something with Tovar. I thought that would be an easy Volpe. Like if I told you Volpe starting day one. Well, just because it you know New York is a <laughs> it's a grind, man. And if he doesn't start out on fire, if he isn't Derek Jeter, 
day one, everybody's going to start talking about it. Maybe he'll get a decent enough leash from the press, but if he goes a month without figuring it out, you're looking at big time problems. Tovar doesn't have any of that because everybody's stoned in Colorado (laughs) and you know, it's Colorado for crying out loud. I mean, what have they done in the past 10 years? You know, well, we have to mention Oswald Peraza too, because he is a good player and Mm -hmm. he's much better defensively than Volpe is. Volpe has made some plays for sure in spring training. His arm's just not there though. And he's going to settle in at second base. I'm, I'm, very confident, unless Peraza just like falls on his face and he takes, he has to take over. But Peraza is going to be playing defense at a very high level and probably hitting 20 home runs too if you give him a full year. Mm-hmm. So honestly, like I, if I'm the Yankees, I probably just start Volpe right now. But mm-hmm. if I had to guess, I, I do think that they'll start Peraza there and see how he does, and then. Because you still have you have kind of roadblocks everywhere else. I mean, you have Donaldson and you have DJ LeMayhew. Mm-hmm. Do you really want to put Volpe at short when he? I don't think he's probably ready, ready. But and the defense could hurt you, and you risk. I mean, there's a lot of risk there. So I think Peraza starts, and you know, it, it takes a Donaldson injury or something, and LeMayhew goes to third, or Volpe goes to third. So it's which very is very possible. Which is very possible. A lot, I could, a lot of outcomes. You know, He's going to get 400 at bats. I'm, I'm pretty sure. So yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't know. 2020 is a little ambitious for me. Uh, I think we're more like a 10, 20, something like that. Like a 10, 25. I think he'll steal a lot of bases. I think he's really good at stealing bases. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um. All right. So you're you're make good points about Tovar. So we don't need to talk about him. But Garrett Mitchell, he is intriguing because he's having a fantastic spring. Now, he did get a little bit of an injury. didn't seem too serious, but he's definitely getting a lot of helium. And it comes on the fact that he probably has 40 stolen base potential if he were to play a whole season with some power. Like he has, I think he has like three spring training home runs or something like that. So mm-hmm. you're going to be able to get him really late. And... In, you know, in keeper leagues, he's probably not even on your radar. But what do you think about Garrett Mitchell for uh, 2023? And the, the question also has to come with, like, maybe what do you think about Sal Freelich and Joey Weimer and the other guys that Milwaukee can trot out there? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think Mitchell will definitely get the – I would hope Mitchell will get the job out right. Um, and – and then just take it from there, you know, best case scenario, he goes out and he, you know, it's, I don't know, 25, maybe, maybe 30 bombs and steals 40 bags. I mean, that's, that's like best case scenario, but well, I don't know, think he's hitting 30. That's, that's, if he's hitting yeah, 30, if you, if you, then you're, then he's like better than all of these prospects. He's well, yeah, better. but you know, 25 I think is doable um on the high high side yeah Uh, so well in that case you're you're really high on Mitchell it sounds like so what about Garrett Mitchell or Christian Yelich let's start there on the same team who do you think would have a better 2023 if they each got 500 at bats uh I think Yelich is gonna have a bounce back he's just been too good for for too long to not 
to not bounce back. Now, when I said when I what I said about Mitchell, I don't think that that's going to happen. But I was just saying best case scenario. And then I was about to say that then you're looking at Weimer and then you're looking at um, uh, Frelick. Well, first you're looking at Frelick, but um, you know he's gonna have to, he's gonna have to play really well in order to not be you know, uh, taken over by those mm-hmm. guys. Cause I don't see Frelick struggling in the minors. Do you? <laughs> no, that's a good point. Like if, if I were to say, okay, Mitchell has that many at bats, it's going to be because he's performing. So that is a good right, right. counter argument. Exactly. Absolutely. Right. Okay. Let's go. Uh, a lot of people are hyping this guy up. He's had some really cool moments in the WBC. I know you haven't been watching it, but Lars Newtbar for, Japan. Oh yeah. Giving inspirational I like, I like speeches. Newport. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have him or Garrett Mitchell for 2023? Man, I guess that's a good question. You're really <laughs> giving me some some difficult ones. Um, Newport. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Let's go. This one, I think, I would struggle with if I were to be asked this. Alex mm-hmm, Verdugo. Mm-hmm. Verdugo for Boston. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And Mitchell? And Mitchell, yes. Oof. Verdugo's oh. uh, ceiling is not very high, but his no. floor is great, you know? And Mitchell, his ceiling could be exceptional, but his floor could be, like, last year. So, uh, if I'm drafting and it comes down to Mitchell or Verdugo, just knowing me and the way that I go, I, I almost will always take upside over over guarantee. So, yeah. Mitchell. Yeah, uh, I think so, too. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. I think that if things go according to, pl- like, or even not according to plan, but, like, things go best case scenario, then you're going to take Mitchell every time. Over mm-hmm. Dugo, but it depends how risk adverse your team is. Mm-hmm. So um, let's yeah. talk about these three. I think these three next guys are definitely going to be getting 500 plus appearances bar an injury. That's Josh Young, Tristan Cassis, and Miguel Vargas. First of all, if you had to pick between those three only for 2023, who are you taking? Cassis. Tristan Cassis. I think I would. I think I would take Vargas. Okay. I think Vargas well, is going to just hit the ground running for the Dodgers. You know, he didn't have a single at bat. His first uh, 10 at bats yeah. where he was able to swing the bat at all. Cause he was, he had a, a fractured hand. They only had him in the field because he hadn't played second yet. So they were having him at second. And then his first at bat where he could swing ripped a double that almost went yard. So I, I love Miggy Vargas as well, but I, I think Cassis is a, is a beast. But, I mean, that's a, that's a good one, too. Yeah, I think Cassis has some risk where, like, I don't know, lefties give him troubles or something, mm-hmm. and he becomes a platoon mm-hmm. guy, whereas Miguel Vargas can get out of bed and hit. So, like, right. he's going to be closer right. to 300. Maybe he doesn't hit 20 home runs right away, and he hits lower in the lineup. So I could see, like, Cassis passing him that way, but... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't think Vargas is ever going to hurt your team. Right. Um, so let me test you on Cassis then. Would you rather have Cassis or Pascantino? Oh, no, Pascantino all, all day. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's not even close for me. Okay. I, yeah, love I, I agree with you. 
What about um, let me go a little higher here. What about Reese Hoskins? Ooh. Ooh. Or Tristan Cassis. Ooh. Hoskins. If it comes down to those two. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Um, what about Nathaniel Lowe? And Cassis? I'm taking yeah. Cassis. Yeah. Nathaniel's so underrated. You know, I used to be super huge on low and I invested in him so many times. I'm talking back when he was with the Rays and he killed me so many times and I just can't do it anymore. That, but that's just me. But I, I know he's talented. He's got nothing but power coming up from the left side. All right, let's go. I mean, those guys you're going to have to probably overpay for, which is not what we're trying to do here. We're not trying to overpay for guys. There's going to be one guy in your drafts that wants these guys and trading for them, especially in dynasty leagues where, you know, maybe they drafted Corbin Carroll or Gunnar Henderson. They've held them on this entire time. They're not going to be trading them to you for anything less than a ripoff for, for you. Yeah, so Ronald uh, Acuna. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and which is risky to do because uh, we have to remember these are all prospects still. And we were going over, um, I, I was listening to an old episode. Sometimes I just kind of go back and and so it was 2000 and uh, uh, 2016 or 2017, the top 100 prospects and the amount of names that did not hit that were on that list. <laughs> shocking. So half these guys on the top 100 likely won't be anything of value. I, I, mm-hmm. I hate to say it. So when mm-hmm. you talk about these great guys, yeah, the top top are much more likely, but you know, the, Chances are Vargas, Young, and Cassis, one of those guys isn't going to do anything. Yeah, yeah. But one of them might be a superstar, too. Who knows? Yeah. But let's go even lower. I mean, we need to talk Jordan Walker, too. So before we get too Mm -hmm. low, that's the thing. Like, do we even need to talk Jordan Walker? Because to get him right now, you're going to have to pay an extraordinarily high price. Oh, yeah. Probably, like, third round in my league. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um. The thing is, it, he might be worth it because he, to me, he reminds me a lot of Julio Rodriguez and the facts and the fact that when you saw Julio Rodriguez's profile, you saw generational talent. Like he's definitely one of the best prospects that as we have ever seen in our like professional and I'm using that in air quotes life where we've been mm-hmm. following this. Um, yeah. But the speed was something for Julio that just kind of came out of nowhere. We didn't realize just how fast he yep. was. And, and Jordan Walker in the same idea stole what? 20 something bags in double a last year, triple a mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. where he was at. But um, so you might be getting 15 stolen bases with a 25 to 30 Homer high on base percentage guy hitting in the Cardinals lineup. Um, the only thing is that who are they going to bench for Walker? Yeah, that's that's tough. That's the hardest thing. That's like I'm ready to bring him up. I'm ready to bring these guys up right away. But here's who, who how you how do you get him into the lineup? Here are the names that he's got to kind of get over here, and they're, they're tough. So we we talked about Lars Newtbar. Yep, gonna be tough to overcome him. Juan Yepes. Don't, he yep. didn't do anything to not deserve that. Tyler yep. O'Neill in left field. You're not taking him out. You can't put Walker in center. That's where Dylan Carlson is at. So, like, 
you're going to bench one of those guys for Jordan Walker when you can just let him season a little bit more? Yeah, no. I mean, you and what we were just talking about earlier or what you were uh, wondering, he hasn't even seen AAA yet. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to take an injury. It's going to have to take an injury. Or somebody like Newbar falls on his face or Yepes falls on his face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder, I mean, I suppose, let me click on, could Tyler O'Neill play center? I mean, somebody, a Cardinal fan is out there yelling yeah. at me one yeah. way or the other. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's astonishingly, astonishingly fast for his size. Yeah, I know he is fast. Yeah, center field's a whole different game. Yeah, I, I know Carlson's could. quite good out there. And it's too, but, you can't give up on Carlson too much. No, but, you know, those fans, I mean, I, St. Louis, I mean, it's not New York, but, you know, they do follow baseball. And, you know, a month into it, a month into the season, and Walker's still not up. And if he's doing what we think he's going to do in the minors, and uh, Carlson's doing his usual 210, you know, two homers or whatever by the time first month's over with, you're going to be hard pressed to make an argument for Carlson. Yeah. All right. So in that case, like, let me ask you this straight up. Do you think that mm-hmm. he is starting day one, Jordan Walker? Starting day one? No. Okay. So unless uh, unless there's an injury or something in spring training, and then then we'd have another conversation. So but as of gonna, right now, he's he's going to get up within a month or two. I'd yeah. imagine. Yeah. So you got you know 400 plate appearances, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, with that in mind, are you mm-hmm. taking Jordan Walker or are you going to take um, Riley Green? Jordan Walker. Whoa, okay. I I think I agree with you because I think there is a great chance he starts day one. Not that I would bet on it, like you're saying, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. if he comes up even sooner, then for sure, right? As I mean, close. Well, it might be. Mm-hmm. Close. I think Riley Green's due for a very nice season. Um, okay, I got to go a little higher. What about uh, Brian Reynolds or mm. Jordan Walker? Yeah, I got to go with Reynolds. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. And one last one. What about uh, Stephen Kwan? Quan. Quan. Okay. Walker's so but, out but, of... but it will it would hurt. It would hurt it would yeah. physically hurt my soul if I had to if I had to take Quan over over yeah. Walker. Yeah, but if you're trying to win this year, I get it. And uh right. the price yeah. for Walker totally. is just it's so crazy right now. Um let's talk yeah. about guys that the price isn't so crazy. Okay, let's go sure. let Oscar Colas, okay. I'm pretty yeah. confident that he is gonna start. Um, right out of the gate for the White Sox. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree completely. And he's got a loads and loads of power, as I've mentioned on this podcast, that he was one of the, the most impressive power guys at the Futures game batting practice. And get to, and, you know, I always mention that, but it's not just like five or ten pitches. We got to, they sit there for a long time. And, you know, a lot of people are watching this. It's not like a, a minor league batting practice. There's, mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. very important people watching um and and it it does make a difference and and guys aren't throwing you know putting them all over the fence 
like Oscar Colas was. So um, <laughs> I'm very high on him in redraft leagues. I think that you can get 25 to 30 home run potential. Now the batting mm-hmm. average, I can't guarantee anything from that. <laughs> um, so I'll start off with you. You So you, you think he's starting day one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. What about um, Yaz, Yastrzemski in San Francisco? Would you rather have him or Collis? Oh, Collis all day. Okay. What about if I give you uh, – we'll talk about this guy too because he's technically a prospect. Uh, Masataka Yoshida from Boston. Yeah, Collis because I know absolutely nothing about Yoshida. Yeah. I think Yoshida is a good real-life player. But like mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. a Verdugo, I feel like he's a Verdugo clone, right? Where he's going to be good for a real life team, but not so much for your fantasy team. Um, yeah. What about John Carlos Stanton? Ooh. I've actually I've done a few uh, mock redrafts, and uh, and somehow some way I keep falling upon Stanton. But I don't have to pay that much for him. So yeah, well, um, I, think, I think you're getting similar production, to be honest, especially when you consider injury risk with Stanton. Right, right, totally. Um, if it came down to the two of them, and I was using my head, not my heart, because by the way, I did trade away Colas in in our dynasty league. Uh, and I kicked myself every second of every day after that. So, um, but I, 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 I'm still taking Stanton. Just that that sta- Yankee Stadium and that lineup. Uh, I, you're not going to get 600 at bats. Who knows how many you're going to get? But that's a risk I'm willing to take. All right, let's talk about some pitchers too, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We, we usually do a news and notes section. We didn't this time, but one of the biggest names that we would talk about for probably a good 10, 20 minutes is Andrew Painter and the Mm. news coming out that something's wrong with his elbow. The Phillies sure (laughs) aren't giving us much information, but it does sound like there is at least a sprain, if not a tear in that elbow. So the guy that we were hoping would make it out of camp, I'm not sure we'll see him at all in 2023 now. Imminent danger. With that being said, then Grayson Rodriguez becomes the obvious choice to uh, as a rookie pitcher, as a right prospect pitcher, right? Right. Um, and then after that, it's pretty much uh, Yuri Perez, right? And then everybody else. Yep. 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 So I hate going for these rookie. I mean, Hunter Brown's probably another one that we should mention. Technically, oh, prospect. Kyle, Kyle Harrison. Kyle yeah. Harrison. Kyle Harrison, Tealman. Tealman hasn't had a great spring. I think that he's probably a, a few months away. Yeah. The Jay's, Jay's rotation is pretty stacked, especially Kikuchi. Looks like he's kind of back. So they got six guys there. So certainly anything can happen, but I think he's a ways off too. So the pitchers are not as as, as something as I go for. I, I, I feel like... He, the chances of Spencer Strider happening or Michael Harris happening uh, is usually Michael Harris, right? Because right. we had Michael Harris and and Witt and Julio and Adley, but we didn't have many Spencer yeah. Striders. <laughs> no, I think Strider was it. Well, yeah, no, yeah, but he was the only one, I think, right? 
Or pitching-wise, yeah. I mean, yeah, pitching-wise, yeah. It just happens to be both Braves. It's no no big deal. Ha! <laughs> uh, Taj Bradley, he should be uh, he should be uh, available pretty soon, right? MLB. Yeah, I think so. I think he. You know, again, you cannot you can't trust the Rays too much, but yeah, that's true. He's certainly on the way up too. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you think about Painter? Um, how I had him in the top 15. I don't I don't recall where you had Painter. Somewhere close to that. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think now? Oof. That's rough, man. I mean, anytime. I'm. Mean, it, it's only. I swear. I feel like anytime with these pitchers, especially righties, for whatever reason, I feel like it's just a matter of time before that first Tommy John hits. Now, I'm not saying that it's an, you know, an absolute fact that Tommy John is going to be the outcome, but it, it certainly looks that way. I'm sorry, Philly fans, but it looks like that's about to happen. But like ever since Strasburg came into the league, because these kids have been throwing a hundred miles an hour for God knows how long, it it's just, it, you just never know with any of them at any given time. So like painter, for redrafts, I'm not even looking at him because I honestly don't think he'll pitch. If he comes back this year, it'll be after the rosters expand, in my opinion. But yeah. the whole the idea of, of pitching through it, I mean, come on. Are you trying to end this guy's career? They're not trying to do that. Yeah. Uh, he's got a he's got a lower in the rankings, right? I think if I oh, had to redo time. it again. I would probably put him in the 60s now. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Fragile. It's hard to invest in those pitching prospects. So, All right, let's talk about a few more names um, that I just want to mention that could have a good uh, 2023 season for you. I think um, Jordan Diaz is a good one for the athletics. In fact, we're going to go to the WBC. You can take a look at him in the WBC. BC. I think that Will Brennan is a fantastic choice in Cleveland. The outfield depth in Cleveland has always been suspect, and I think that he's going to have a very good season if he gets up, similar to like a Stephen Kwan. I think if you're into catchers, this is going to be a pretty good year for rookie catchers. Logan Ohapi, Francisco Alvarez, and Eddie Rodriguez, and Bo Naylor probably all make their debut uh, up in the big leagues. I think mm-hmm. that uh, I, I've said what I think about Alvarez, but Edney Rodriguez does have some second base eligibility, perhaps mm-hmm. that's intriguing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Bo Naylor and Logan Ohapi should, you know, I don't know about Naylor. I know Ohapi probably day one might might get it. So yeah, he's interesting. Yeah. Uh, don't forget about Royce Lewis. He's coming back from that injury, and I know everybody's sort of down on him, but. You didn't rank Royce Lewis. I meant to talk to you about that. Yeah, no, I didn't rank him. I didn't so, rank him at all. Uh, he, uh, If he comes back to the way he was, you certainly have a fantasy asset on your hands there. So, um, And then I, I think we should mention Jason Dominguez. Like, The Yankees would love for Dominguez to be like the Juan Soto of their organization where he just comes up as quickly as possible and mm-hmm. is amazing. Mm-hmm. So... He's had a great spring. He looks, he's always looked like a major leaguer. 
like the body is always was a finished product. So yeah, that swing. I could see him coming up. I and mean, the, the Yankees, like honestly, the Yankees are are good because well, we thought their their pitching was the reason why they were going to be good, right? And now they they're down two starters already. Mm-hmm. Um, in Rodon and who was the other guy that got hurt? Coming to me. Was it? Uh, Did Sevy get hurt? No, Sevy's good. Montas, Montas. Um, right. Yeah, so you got Aaron Judge obviously out there. Uh, Stanton can't play the outfield anymore. Um, Harrison <laughs> Bader. Aaron Hicks certainly is no roadblock. Uh, <laughs> tell me all about Aaron Hicks. Oswaldo Cabrera is, you know, could go. Who knows? So after that, like jason dominguez so yeah we could see him a lot sooner than people think this year one so. thing one thing about uh dominguez I, I just wanted to add really quick i love uh jared jones he's a right-handed uh prospect for the pirates uh i was watching his uh i mean it's like the end of the game it's spring training it's like eight to two and uh and uh, the pirates are losing but jones is out there throwing bb's i mean just 99 rising and uh, Dominguez comes in looks at two pitches and he turns on the 99.3 mile an hour fastball and he made it look easier he made it look like he was just out there like playing with his little brother or something you know like he just turned on it and hit a perfect line drive 106 miles an hour off his bat so uh, I'm just from that one at bat I'm even more of a believer in Dominguez. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I, there's one guy I've wanted to mention for a while. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to actually do this on the top prospects because I was the highest on him and uh, I forgot. <laughs> but it's Addison mm-hmm. Barger. Addison Barger for the Blue Jays. Mm. I love this guy's approach, the swing and the power and the violence that he swings with. Like I said, I mentioned one time, I think way back that his swing looks like Bryce Harper in the amount of torque and rotation he's getting. Mm-hmm. And let me, you know, he's Whit Mer- Merrifield is the second baseman penciled in. And I know Kevin Biggio has had a great spring. If you want to believe in Kevin Biggio, that's fine. But those are the two guys essentially that have to fall on their face for, I think, Barger to be the next guy up. And Witt's sort of already fallen on his face, and Biggio has more than <laughs> more than once. Um, certainly, mm-hmm. they could bounce back, but I think Addison Bargader is going to get a lot of at-bats that people don't quite realize, and I think he is a great choice to have uh, at a very weak position at second base. Like, it's hard to yeah. get second base production. So yeah. um, we're going to actually do a spring training episode and talk about some guys um, like Christian and Karnashian Strawn might break mm-hmm. camp with the Reds now. Um, we talked about Yanir Diaz for the Astros, I think is a very sneaky catcher that you could go mm-hmm. ahead and pick up. Um, Joey Weimer, if Garrett Mitchell doesn't make it, is a good choice. George Valera, again, if Will Brennan or somebody or Oscar Gonzalez sort of falls on their face, Valera is the next guy. What about this guy too? Like we love my, Miguel Vargas, but Michael Bush, I mean, He's yeah. ready to go and he plays second base. Miguel Vargas yep. not really a natural second baseman, but mm-hmm. I've uh, I've seen a lot of him at first base thus far in the spring, and I'm telling you, man, it looks like he was born at first. Hmm. I think that 
Um, Edouard Julien is a very good Twins prospect that you might want to invest in as well. And finally, um, Soderstrom for the A's is another guy that mm. I think he's ready to go now. And uh, what do they have to lose? Um, oh, one last one. Mark Vientos. Okay, I know you love Brett Beatty. Mm-hmm. And we probably should have talked about him a little bit. Um, but I think that Mark Vientos is is quite good and ready as well. So he's had a good spring too. So keep an eye on Vientos. I've always liked him. Huge power. Mm-hmm. All right. Anybody else we missed? I think we went over a bunch of names there, but. Yeah, that that was a lot of names. I, I would just suggest Gavin Stone eventually at some point in time, hopefully he could crack that ridiculous uh, rotation for the LA Dodgers because his changeup is unbelievable. And he throws 97 all day and he's got uh, a great, uh, curveball and slider so yeah, he's major league ready but whether or not he cracks as a starter i mean <laughs> i could probably better guess uh, the lottery yeah well gonsolin's hurt so there's there's an opening there that's true that's true um, i mean pepiot is gonna probably get his shot before stone too. yeah so do I. And he's looking great this spring. Bobby too. Miller, if we're going to mention more Dodgers. Oh, Bobby Miller. Or, they're gonna, he's just the guy, again, I don't know if this is how it works, but like, I don't know if the Dodgers actually need to get their fan base pumped up. But if you want to, <laughs> like, Bobby Miller is the guy. Like, come see this prospect we have that throws 100, you know? That's <laughs> the Dodgers yeah. don't have to worry about filling the stands, but. No. Um, with Aaron Ashby's injury, Robert Gasser becomes interesting too, because yes. you're talking about like yes. Eric Lauer and Wade Miley filling out that last spot. I know yep. Gasper would probably like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Quinn, Quinn Priester, people are still yep. on. I feel like he'll make uh, a good presence in the Pittsburgh lineup. Jared Schuster for the Braves, Ian Anderson and uh, Bryce Elder. I mean, Ian Anderson's looked okay as a Braves fan, I can tell you. Schuster's looked really good in the spring, too. I don't think he breaks camp as that fifth starter, but, you know, an injury to Elder and then Ian Anderson not being able to recapture it and Schuster's next up, and now you're talking about a guy with a lineup that is going to score 10 runs a game. It's pretty nice. Not bad. (laughs) Mason Miller is an interesting name out of Oakland, too. I've seen people on Twitter mentioning... Strider, who's going to be the Strider of this year, and Mason Miller mm-hmm. gets a lot of hype oh, around. Gordon, uh, Gordon Grafasio of the St. Louis Cardinals. I don't. Right. It, I think he'll, eventually he'll break, um, but it's not. It's not going to be out of camp or anything. But he's got major league ready stuff. Sure. And the Cardinals rotation is not good. We've talked about that before. There is certainly mm-hmm. past two innings um, in that range. Um, and you know, Clark Schmidt, I know he's not really a, a prospect per se anymore, but I feel like Clark Schmidt, maybe it's too late now, but with those two injuries in the rotation, he's the fourth starter now, fifth starter, at least for the Yankees. And I've mm-hmm. always liked Clark Schmidt guy mm-hmm. you can get mm-hmm. for peanuts now. Yeah. All right. Uh, Brandon. Peanuts. We didn't mention Brandon Fought. I think people would be mad at us for not mentioning him. He's yeah, no brainer. Like, yep, 
after Grayson and Hunter, I think I would do Fought over everyone else. Yeah, he's uh, he's very intriguing. I like Fought a lot. Um, all right, sounds good. Let's go ahead and uh, we'll just move on really quickly because WBC is basically here. If you're listening to this, you know today or tomorrow or whenever the WBC is in full swing. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. The prospects here are playing at a kind of a higher stakes level than spring training can provide. Now, the the caveat is that they might be facing pitchers that are not the same level um, mm-hmm. in the in the in spring training, right? You're not going to be facing Justin Verlander um, in in the WBC if you're playing, you know, you're playing the Czech Great Republic. Right? <laughs> Czech Republic. <laughs> Your dentist is pitching. Um, now <laughs> 92, 90, those guys are so fun. <laughs> but um, you, sh- you should mention there is, uh, I think we had, how many do we have? Eight or so on our top 100? Yeah, yeah. It yeah, looks so, like, yeah. Well, About eight we'll or the names here. This article, I encourage you to go read more in depth. It's by Nick Leonardo. Uh, it was posted a few days ago. Go ahead and check it out to get a little bit more detail. We don't need to spend a lot of time on this, uh, Nate. So we'll just mention some of these guys. Sure. So people can, can watch them when they come up. Oh, hey, I'm watching Italy. And I need to, you know, why am I watching Italy right now? Okay, well, you can see Sal Freelich and you can see Vinny Pasquantino, of course. But um, <laughs> you have uh, Canadians have Denzel Clark, who didn't make our list, but we saw at the Futures game. Certainly exciting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Owen, Ca- uh, Owen Casey is at uh, is also on that Canadian roster. Bo Naylor is catching for the the Canadians as well. Who have the ugliest jerseys ever, by the way? Do they Canada? I don't know if they're ugly. They're either super cool or super. <laughs> <laughs> I would it's, I'd, I'd probably bank on ugly. Yeah, it's the font. Sorry, it's Canada. Like, so. <laughs> I don't know. Do you ever watch The Office? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so there's a, a episode where Dwight and Jim are doing the birthday celebration, and they put up a sign called Happy Birthday, period. And so <laughs> that's like the the font that Canada uses on their jersey. It's like Canada. It's not like exciting. Or, <laughs> it just, just reminds me of that. Um, anyway, the, the Brits have Harry Ford. Uh, who is yes, our do. number 54 overall prospect over for the Mariners. Uh, Jordan Diaz, who we mentioned earlier, is playing for Team Columbia, and he mm-hmm. is going to be uh, a starting guy. We mentioned, you know, he's starting probably day one at second mm-hmm. base. Certainly mm-hmm. not the highest ceiling, but, you know, 550 at-bats is 550 at-bats. Uh, Jonathan mm-hmm. Aranda, who I guess some people probably, you know, may not consider to be a prospect anymore. He is playing for Mexico. He's a big hitter. Like, he's really good. Um, the Rays are just loaded. You have Zach Geloff in the, uh, for Team Israel. You have Matt Mervis as well. Um, Mervis blocked by uh, Trey Mancini and Eric Hosmer, but that certainly could go away very quickly. Um, <laughs> Sal Freelich, we mentioned is playing for uh, Italy. It was an exciting team with the Fletcher brothers out there, Dominic mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. oh, God, who's the other guy's name? J- oh, Dominic. And who's the other Fletcher? I don't know. Vinny. 
<laughs> it's David <laughs> Fletcher, right? Fletcher and David. Dominic. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, the Angels. Yeah, I blanked on that. But you got the Fletchers out there. Um, you have Jose Ramos playing for Team Panama. And then uh, Yoshida, who we mentioned on the Red Sox, is playing as well, who comes in at number 94 on our list for Japan. Um, and, uh, of course, all those great major leaguers. Uh, so it's honestly like Dominican Republic, United States, Japan are probably the favorites. I mm-hmm. think Venezuela is stacked as well. Oh, yeah. Venezuela for sure. And um, so it, it'll be interesting to watch, especially when the games start getting to be like past this first round where mm-hmm. it's kind of regional, I guess, in a way. Yeah. Although you have. The, uh... The pool, the pool, uh, pool yeah. play, and then they do do or die after that. So one yeah. game. So we played England in the World Cup, right? And we tied yes. them, right? Yes, so, yes. And so it would be fun if you have any British friends to <laughs> and watch this game against Great Britain <laughs> in the United <laughs> States. One of the greatest lineups ever assembled is what some people are saying about the United States. Yeah. They are stacked. Pretty good. The pitching's not as as good, but the lineup yeah. itself is insane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Pete Alonso's batting like eighth or something. <laughs> yeah, not bad. All right, Nate, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. Uh, thanks for listening. We got, again, sort of back to the normal scheduled programming. We're going to go over some predictions uh, we have some spring training prospects to highlight. We wanted to wait a little bit longer to talk about them and a little bit more um, information. Yeah, sample, yep, sample size, sizes. not mm-hmm. so not so uh, small, but mm-hmm. yeah, this spring training. But still, we'll get a little bit more information about those guys later on. And then it's go time. It's time to start baseball again officially. Woo! So exciting! Mm-hmm. Didn't come any sooner as it's. Raining outside here. Oh, pouring, pouring. Southern California. It's ridiculous. But <laughs> it is time to uh, have the sun come out and baseball to start. So, Indeed. Nate, thanks for coming on. We're going to go ahead and sign off here. Futures Focus. My name, Alex Sanchez. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.